0: Hey everybody, Ramsey from The Present here. Today's brand new episode is actually the first one that we've ever recorded remotely, and the first one that we did with David Anthony. So it's going to sound a little different, and there's a couple moments where we're working out some of the glitches, but ultimately this is a great brand new episode, so enjoy! The Dead Speak. It's if you're listening, one person's mission to force your friend to listen to all the music he avoided in high school. I'm Ramsey.
1: Hey, I'm Heather. How are you? Doing? Hi, Heather.
0: I'm good. Uh, it's Sunday. No, it's Saturday. Who cares?
1: It doesn't matter. Time's fake now. Anyways, truly, who cares? That um, feels
0: like I, I was just setting you up to say time is fake, but I genuinely forgot what day it was.
1: I, cu- I could tell it was real. <laughs> 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 I could tell. Um, we have our first remote guest today, which I am excited about and hope it doesn't fuck up. <laughs> Princey, I was expecting you to be like, yay. <laughs>
0: Yay, I'm on a time delay. That's what happened there.
1: Oh, okay, great. That That's perfect. Uh, anyways, we have David Anthony with us today from, I mean, multiple things, but I think mainly right now as we were podcast.
2: Yeah, sure. That seems right.
1: All right fair enough.
2: <laughs> Hi, David. Hi, Ramsey. It's nice to uh, meet you only in seeing like a waveform of your voice. Yeah. Your wave
0: looks excellent.
2: Yeah, uh, you feel
1: like you have a good picture of each other. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I'm just looking at your uh, Twitter profile as we have this conversation. So I feel like we're together in the same room.
0: That's right. We we secretly followed each other on Twitter during the setup for this episode. Uh,
2: you know, that's just how friendships are formed these days. <laughs> that's right.
1: Yeah. In podcast pre-pro.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> My entire uh, life is pre-production to a podcast I've not yet started. So, uh, yeah. That
1: actually is... 1,000% right for you, I think.
2: Yeah, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> Always working towards a podcast episode.
2: <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, I, I'll say yes to like guest on anyone's thing. But whenever people are like, oh, do you want to start a podcast? I'm like, there's nothing I want to do less than that.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, to be, because guesting is easy. You show up and do your stuff and you go home. You don't have to like make a website, tweet. Now I don't even have to like, go yeah. home.
2: This is happening
0: yeah. in my yeah. bedroom.
1: Oh yeah, that's true. Even easier. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have to do fly just, to New York.
0: Do you find yourself listening to fewer podcasts during the quarantine with no commute yeah. or anything?
2: I
1: do.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, because
2: I I would listen to them at work intermittently, but like uh, I started a new job like two weeks before lockdown, and oh, wow. everything is really busy. So like, I just yeah. I really don't have the time to listen to other people's voices as I'm like trying to write shit. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Also, you write uh, words. Like, I, I I can't listen to podcasts when I'm writing words.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I do it a lot now when I'm like instead of that, it's like when I'm cooking or working out or yeah, like right. you know, shit like that, where it's like kind of just filling in the gaps. But I'm definitely like le- I can't keep up. Like one podcast I'm I'm following because of all this, they're like putting out episodes like a really yeah. rapid clip. I'm like I can't keep up. This is too much content.
1: I have, there is generally too much content right now, but I do feel like um, I have been putting them on in the background more just because I live alone and am alone all the time to just be mm-hmm. like <laughs> other humans <laughs> near me. Yeah, sure. So, um,
2: did i ever tell you about my trip to japan where i went alone for 15 days and i also don't speak japanese so by <laughs> like wow. the midpoint of the trip i was just like listening to podcasts and interacting with them as if i was there where i'm like haha funny because i just needed to not feel like an insane person
1: I, I did know bits and pieces of that but not that you befriended podcasts basically <laughs>
0: You know, I like that uh, your description of not being an insane person is talking to a recording.
2: <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> felt more insane than like just uh, wandering around the streets of Japan like a person out of time who couldn't interact <laughs> with anyone. Yeah. Um, Fair. Yeah, I-, I needed something there.
1: I have found myself like I don't. I mean, I laugh out loud all the time, but like I don't think I usually laugh out loud like at podcasts or TV shows. And sure, I found myself doing that more, which feels weird. I don't know. My, I think my it's interesting. Brain, but who's to, who knows? Anyways, we're going to listen to some music today. <laughs> <laughs> David, do you want to tell Ramsey what album you have brought to us?
2: Uh for this episode, I brought a record called "As the Eternal Cowboy" by the rock and roll band Against
0: <laughs> Me with an exclamation point.
1: Correct. Um, Ramsey, my first question is What is your familiarity with this band as always
0: Yeah the, the only thing I know About this band was the exclamation point I've, I've heard of them
1: That's I knew the that there only was... thing you knew
0: <laughs> Yes
1: Okay normal
0: uh, what, what can I get that album title Again as the cowboy The, the eternal cowboy Okay As huh. the
1: eternal cowboy
0: That sounds like the ultimate movie credit at the beginning of a film <laughs> well they
2: kind of did a thing where on their first few releases because this is like their second lp but they had a bunch of singles and all of them kind of have that structure so like technically the title is against me as the eternal cowboy uh the one prior was against me as reinventing axel rose there was crime as <laughs> forgiven by again like they kind of did all these like borderline movie titles where they're like, they're like an old-timey action star. Sure. Uh, and I feel like this is the one that's like the most like on the nose. They also used a lot of cowboy iconography like on this and like one of their acoustic EPs when they are like not a country band. Um, oh, that's so interesting. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Where I'll are they from? Can... They're from Gainesville, Florida, though their singer Laura Jane Grace uh, lives in Chicago now. Um, I interviewed her in a park once. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Seems like a nice setting for an interview. I mean, yeah, we
2: did one of those ranky records uh, w- oh, yeah. when Dan was still at Noisy, um, and we did it in a park like close to her house while her her uh, daughter was playing um, in like the like kids part of the park, and we just I was just like sitting there interviewing her and watching children play, which is a very huh. creepy vibe when <laughs> none of them are your children.
1: At least you were there with someone who was your child or who had a child. It's much Yeah, We've just yeah. decided to go have this interview ranking punk albums in a, par- a park with children and no one had a child.
0: Much True. Uh, I'm assuming there was a giant metallic bean and Wrigley Stadium right there, too. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is the general layout of Chicago. Yes, there was <laughs> okay. a lot of hot dog stands around as well. Yeah. Perfect. Ooh, with the uh, tomatoes and lettuce. I'm sure.
2: <laughs> yeah, I move the belief that a Chicago style hot dog is a salad, and I will die on the hill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's it's not a sandwich, but it is a salad for you. It's
2: a walking salad. You got right. some crouton. You got some meat, and then seven different veggies. Come on now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. of You're trying to
0: destroy happened. the peppercini
2: industry, and I won't have it, David. <laughs> <sighs> they have they've uh, taken my money for far too long. <laughs> Fair enough
1: um, David where Does this album for you feel like Is this where you got into Against me is this just like an album Of theirs that you like the most like what is This album for you in their catalog
2: uh, So I got into them Around the time that reinventing Axl Rose came out because mm-hmm. I was uh, Like the way I was really getting in music When I was younger is like I mail ordered A lot of stuff mm-hmm. where I was like literally Putting cash into an envelope and like Sending it <laughs> away um, and no idea was one of the distros that i ordered from a lot because they had like yeah. seven inches were like 250 or three bucks lps were like seven or eight bucks so i just like i was able to get so much um so I, at that
1: time too that was the only way to find new bands you're like oh this one thing has bands i like i'll just get all of them
2: yeah totally and like uh for me it was just like reading like the sentence long descriptions where i'm like oh this sounds like a cool thing and then yeah. just blind buying it so i remember buying like kind of blind buying reinventing Axl rose because of the cover art mm-hmm. and then getting the seven inch after that disco before the breakdown and then i when this came out like i went to a record store and bought it like the day it came out Okay, all
1: um, so right so yeah you were already into them but this was like an album you're actively anticipating
2: yeah so it was one i was yeah. like you know really excited about and also this came out like since we're talking about stuff like i was into in high school this came out like i think the summer before my freshman year uh, it was like yeah okay. it was like july of like 2003 so mm-hmm. like it was like it just became this record that like me and my friends and my stepbrothers and everybody like listened to all the fucking time um but when i first heard it i like kind of didn't get it because at this point <laughs> in time they were like changing their sound a lot like they were kind of they started basically as like a two-piece acoustic anarcho-punk band and then became a full band and then like kind of kept refining their sound and at the time this was like where like the stuff before this had a lot of like acoustic guitars on it this was their first like kind of like fully electric thing with this four-piece lineup it was like it had just like a really different vibe um And I I like never I remember hearing it, like playing it for the first time. And I was like, I've never heard a punk. This sounds so dumb. Um, (laughs) But like I was like, I've never heard a punk band like not play with distortion on their guitars. just This Mm. like bright, clean, like Fender
0: Telecaster tone. I was like, what is this? No, that makes sense to me as somebody who hasn't heard a lot of punk music besides (laughs) the stuff on the show.
2: Yeah, I'll be I'm very curious to hear what you think, because there's still like acoustic tracks on this record and Mm -hmm. stuff. And like. Laura's voice um, is really dynamic. There's like a lot. Her range is pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, and so I'm trying to think if we've done anything I would say is similar to Against Me. And I'm, I mean, a I forget everything we did the minute after it goes up. But
2: (laughs) yeah, of course, same. Really,
1: yeah, forget things I said at the beginning of this episode. Um, And I don't, I don't really know how you will feel about Against Me, Ramsey. Sometimes I feel like I'm good at guessing, but I'm not I'm not totally sure. And I've also mm. uh I've not done I've I do really also like Against Me. I this is not an album I'm super familiar with, but I have avoided doing Against Me Plus <laughs> because I also feel like there's a lot and I'm like by no matter like by no means like super fan like in the weeds like know all the ins and outs of like their full catalog and so Mm -hmm. then i'm always like i'm not the expert i shouldn't do this one so i'm Mm not the one who has more information doing against me
2: well and i think they're a hard band too just because like so many people i think come in at different points with them and you know given laura coming out as trans and transitioning Mm -hmm. like they kind of have pockets of their fan base where like you know uh, like transgender dysphoria blues is like a huge record for yeah. a lot of people but that came out 14 years into me knowing this band you know right. so it's <laughs> it, but like people came in there and people came in with new wave like you know they they have a lot of their history is very weird
1: new wave is where i came in but i think like that's exactly what i mean is that like there's so much and it's like exactly what you're saying it's different phases and i'm like i can't speak to an entire like what what year did um their first album come out. 97. Uh,
2: well, yeah, their first, like, like the cassette demos, like, mm-hmm. the 2 P stuff was, like, late 90s. Like,
1: that's a crazy uh, amount of like of time. I'm like, I don't know. I haven't been following for that long. So I was, like, didn't feel well-equipped to do it.
2: Oh, and that's the thing is, like, around this era, they were putting out, like, so many, like, EPs. Like, No Idea was putting out seven inches of, like, songs from this record because they, like they famously kind of like recorded this one really quickly. And then they would do some songs like with different arrangements where on some of those seven inches, like electric songs became acoustic and acoustic songs became electric. Mm-hmm. And there were all these different versions. And like, yeah, I mean, it was just a lot of material. Um A yeah. uh, fun new wave story real quick is this was mm-hmm. like one of the few bands that uh, my mom liked that I was also into, but she liked That's the fun. like early acoustic, like, really, like, harsh, screaming, like, anarchist wow. stuff. And I remember when New Wave came out, I was, like, really on the fence because I, l- I loved the record before that, but, like, there was the whole signing to the major label thing <laughs> and blah, 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 blah. And I remember playing that record and my mom came into my bedroom and she's like, wait, this is against me? I was like, yeah. And she's like, what happened to that? <laughs> 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 and I was like, man, my mom is equally as upset as I am about this. This is uh, real funny. That's really funny.
1: I mean, I do feel like that's very funny. Just continually disappointing parents. Like, I feel like that's (laughs) something. Yeah. There's something there.
0: Uh (laughs) Are they still Um, releasing stuff? Are they still around?
2: Yeah. um, They are working on a new record. They've had a lot of lineup changes. Like when Laura came out as trans and put out transgender dysphoria blues, like basically the entire band fell apart around her. It was like a very tumultuous time. Like she hadn't come out yet um and like she owned a studio in florida and it got destroyed like a tree fell down and like destroyed oh the thing and like band members were quitting and when that record came out um it was basically just like her and a new drummer and then like the band kind of rebuilt it, they put out one record since then which i think was like 2000 or 2016 2017 apparently they're working on a new one but obviously i think you know, they had some tours announced for this summer that have been canceled. So I assume. Right. Th- maybe the end of this year, but maybe next year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're still active. Like Heather, I think we watched them at riot fest together last I was gonna year. Say the,
1: le- the last time I saw them was with you at riot fest.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And they were doing yeah. the full album play where they did reinventing and yeah. transgender dysphoria blues. And like their crowd was fucking huge. Like it was, people were yeah, it super was a really
1: stoked. Crowd. And it was Really big at like 4 p.m., which is not the normal time to have a huge crowd at a festival.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. At
1: least that festival. But, um, okay, Ramsey, I um, texted you the album art because I am not with you to show you it.
0: <laughs> Text me that album art.
1: I sure did. Uh,
0: I am disappointed with the lack of cowboy imagery on the front of this. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. <sighs> yeah. Uh, it's a person. Their head is cut off. I can't tell who they are. Uh, they've got a, is that a carabiner? Is that what you call that thing for yes. mountain climbing? Mm-hmm. Mount With keys climbing.
1: on it. It's been used much more for a punk belt than mountain climbing, I think, ever <laughs> at this point.
0: <laughs> I'd like to see a, a study that tells me if that's true or not.
1: I think it's true. I feel fairly um, in my assessment of that.
0: Is there a name for the type of bracelet this person is wearing too? The sort of plasticky hair tie looking thing.
1: I would call it a plastic bracelet.
0: Those were big for a minute, weren't they?
1: They sure were. Yeah, Are those
0: silly bands.
1: <laughs> Not a silly band. Uh, <laughs> they're a harder plastic than a silly band. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Uh, I'm okay with this. It's, I don't honestly love it.
1: I think it's pretty boring
0: yeah is the against me like the the typeface meant to evoke yeah that's what i was asking if it because it's kind of like up and down in that same way
1: Hmm, i don't know i don't know i don't like it but it literally just looks like the hollywood like if you made a font of the hollywood sign yeah i do like the treatment of eternal cowboy though i don't like the rest I,
0: i do too I mean, I feel yeah, like
2: uh, the things I like about this cover are very uh, subtle. Like part of it is I think their logo or like the typeface that they use. Mm-hmm. It's it's like definitely a callback to the kind of crust punk spray paint roots where like a lot of their logos were all very utilitarian because they were mm-hmm. meant to be stencils. And yep. I think that's kind of what this is. And I like that on the like top right corner, you can see like they're wearing a crass patch. So it's like it's like a very subtle oh, yeah. Like if you know, you know, kind of callback yep. with it, um, which like you know, I I I think this cover is cool, but it definitely feels super of the time.
0: Hmm. Mm. Um. This guess. was 2003. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Um. Should we play this album? Yes. Great.
2: <laughs> what if I said no? What oh, if I, I was like, so no?
1: like no? No. <laughs> We probably a need to test the audio. Skin Can you guys hear it okay? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay, yeah.
1: It's the
0: same Forgot about that stuff
1: of pre pro. <laughs> that little step. Oh, What's there. it called? I was just about to say it's called TSR. Does that stand for something, David?
2: It stands for this shit rules.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the Amazing. <laughs> I did
2: not know that I know know, like every dumb arcane detail I'm
1: not surprised by
2: that It's like half my life is just knowing that type of shit I'm aware (laughs) Grimsy, did
1: you have any thoughts on what they were going to
0: sound like? No idea, I I was completely lost in terms of what that was going to be Okay What are Uh, you feeling so far?
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) The vocal quality is reminding me of the Dead Kennedys for some reason. I don't know if that's fair to say. Interesting. That sort of, like, staccato yelling. Yeah, I mean, I feel Uh, like
2: I, I, I can see that a little bit. I think Jello from the Dead Kennedys has a little more of, like, the wacky clown person voice. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, we're going to the zoo! Like, <laughs> Yes.
0: <sighs> That's my
2: favorite Dead Kennedys song. I, yeah, I mean, they literally wrote a fucking song about soup.
0: Like...
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh,
0: what? Did Black... Who did... Beer for breakfast. That that song also. Okay, a little bit of that too.
2: Which is uh, well, that's an interesting observation because this record was recorded at Ardent Studios, which is where the Replacements recorded a lot of their records, and Against Me went there because the Replacements recorded there. Oh wow!
0: So that was yeah, that was a real like spot on (laughs) reference. Is it possible that I'm an Against Me savant?
2: (laughs) Apparently. So uh th- this record's super short, so if you don't like it, at least it'll be done in like yeah. probably less time than it takes to watch like a Simpsons episode. Um But uh they famously had to put more space in between the tracks because when they turned it in the label was like, uh, this is an EP, this is not an album. <laughs> oh the
1: quantity of songs
2: on it. Yeah, I mean there are eleven songs, but yeah. uh they apparently uh i love this record because i think it has such like a weird unique energy and stuff but uh i know laura hates it because they were like we played everything too fast we were too nervous like mm-hmm. three,
1: four, uh Randy, this one is called cliche yeah, i don't
0: know one. if it's a uh because of the remote Recording or what? But I did not. In, I did not realize there was a track change.
1: Oh no! I think it's to, probably because of everything they did today. Um, okay. It's just very fast, and they ran into each other. the first two
2: Yeah, tracks. these songs really like pile up on one. Like the first track is like a minute and a half. Yeah. Oh wow.
1: I mean, I'm looking at the tracks, and I barely noticed we went to the second song.
0: <laughs> is that the third now, or did, was that a breakdown? Oh, this is okay. Okay. Wow. You're right. That's his short album.
2: <laughs> There's also an instrumental song on here. Oh.
1: Hey. Um. Yeah, so... Okay, now three songs in. What... I, I'm trying to think of how to ask this question. Is... Earlier, about it sounding uh, against me generally, sounding like cleaner and less distorted. A, are you hearing that? And B, is it making you enjoy it more than you've like some of the other like distorted songs
0: that I played to? Uh, yes, it's definitely, I'm definitely getting that vibe. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it's actually, yeah, it's, even though it's still very kind of shouty, which is something I usually brush up against, it's making it feel more melodic as a result
1: that's
0: fair i think you'll
2: like this next song because track three ends now uh and this next <laughs> oh song is like one of the like big hits from here mm-hmm.
0: oh yeah this is very different
1: david what's your mom's feeling on this
2: song loves it
0: <laughs> hmm.
1: great what's this called sink or to sink hmm
2: so there was. This is another one where they did a couple different versions of it. Like this is like the acoustic version, and there's like electric, more full band version. It's still pretty similar in tone. That came out on the Rock Against Bush comp. <laughs> what uh, I remember movie. that. Yeah.
1: What a, what a time!
2: Here comes the big whoa. <laughs> hey oh live it's oh so good with the whole crowd doing the thing that makes sense and it's got that uh you're gonna fuck it up
0: part that everyone Uh loves Hmm. sink floor to sink sounds like a really dark dr seuss book (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm with that
2: Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is a band that's kind of unique because, like, uh, musically, through a lot of this, it's not as aggressive as you think of with, like, a lot of, like, punk stuff, you know? it, it There's a more classic kind of just, like, tone and tenor to these songs.
0: Mm. Yeah, I'm definitely... It, it doesn't feel like 2003 punk to me. Fair. I also,
1: I also think... Um, I honestly think even just their name. I think honestly I always thought they were a harder band than they are and that's why it took me longer to get into them. I mean surprising to no one who is listening to this podcast or either of you but I don't like you know the harder side of like punk and emo music. So I think that was maybe also what delayed me getting into them earlier.
2: Well, I mean, I I think that's fair. I mean, for me, they were kind of a way to split the difference for me because, like, they were more melodic and had more of, like, you know, like, they were a little easier to listen to, but they had the aesthetic and the message of, like, the crust and hardcore stuff I really loved and, like, came up through that. But, like, I remember seeing them... I think touring on this record and it was like them and planes mistaken for stars who are like one of the most aggressive and wild bands in the world. Um, So like there was always that kind of harsh position and they were such an insane live band during this period of time.
1: I just have probably asked you this before, and I don't remember. How did you get into this music? Because you are younger than me, and yes. I like did not. I just like didn't come into this any of this till I didn't have a way in. I'm like the oldest Um so I'm curious your origin story like how you started getting into this. Um.
2: So I mean, I kind of have a weird. Path into getting into stuff because it was like my mom's family was really into music. Like my mom really liked like Bruce Springsteen and Tom Petty and a lot of that stuff that I really like. But like one of my uncles was really into like weird sixties, seventies, like prog metal shit. Like he loved like Black Sabbath and Budgie and Frank Zappa. And my other uncle was into more like like he liked the Ramones and Green Day, but like my mom owned Green Day's Dookie when I was a kindergartner. Oh wow. So like there was never, like, I had to get that record. It was just, like, always kind of there. Yeah. Um, and then I just, like, they never told me I couldn't be into music. So I just, like, we would go to this local record store, and I would, like, flip through, and I would, like, be like, this cover is cool. And, like, yeah. that's how I bought, like, the first Bouncing like the bouncing Souls LP. And then I just, mm-hmm. the Alpine Trio was a local-ish band to me, so I, like, saw them a bunch and, uh just started mail ordering through those catalogs and that's how I kind of landed on stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess that's not dissimilar for me. I think you, which, again, I think this isn't surprising knowing your tendencies as an adult, but, like, I think you were probably just more uh, actively seeking things out and going on deeper dives than I was. Because, yeah, like, similarly, like, my dad was super into music, similar, like, Brent Zappa, like, not, not just, like you know, like, oh, I like that one. Like, you listen to all sorts of weird shit. Sure. Uh, and same thing. They were just like, they would let me listen to whatever I want. Green Day was one of my first CDs, I think. Um And yeah, same thing. I was just like, I, I was always doing um at first, like, Columbia Records or BMG or whatever, literally, based on the cover. And I don't think my parents ever told me I couldn't listen to anything except one Coolio album. me <laughs> <laughs> return and i think it uh, it was a specific song and it was definitely about um something about nuts
0: and
1: this one's gotta go
0: (laughs) was that one song after sink florida sink
2: yes i believe so okay
1: yeah we are now
2: on we're now two songs past this is rice and bread
0: okay i didn't like that last one as much
2: that's fair there's a, a few here like this one i could see you maybe not vibing and there's another one called uh you look like i need a drink uh okay. that has like this really intense ramp up but after this one this is where the record starts really kind of peeing back and forth between kind of like punkier song acoustic song instrumental song you know so it gets kind of weird here at the end
0: okay I don't know if this is going to make any sense, but for some reason, when you mentioned the Bush compilation, uh, this wasn't sounding like a post Bush era album to me for some weird reason until you mentioned that. I don't know why.
2: That's fair. Um, I mean, I will say to the thing Heather asked me, like how I got into so much of this stuff is like I got really, uh, you know, I was a very cool 11 year old who got way uh-huh. too into politics. <laughs> Wow. Uh, well, because I, I the first election I remember watching was the Bush Gore one, and like Bush winning, and like the whole Florida thing, and I was just like, "This seems broken and wrong." <laughs> uh, and then 9/11 happens, and you know, then I'm the, the war in Iraq, and I I just kind of like became so vehemently anti anti Bush that I got into bands like this, was already into bands like this, and that just furthered me digging into bands that were very political. And very outspoken at that time.
1: Yeah, I, I, mine is not quite the same, obviously, also because I'm significantly older than you. But I do remember as a kid. I might have even told this story on the podcast. We had new neighbors moving in, and we were like, you know, looking out the window to like see who the new neighbors were. And this is before I would have even known what this meant. My dad just saw their bumper sticker and goes, "Oh God, they're Republicans!" and left the room. (laughs) That's
2: (laughs) amazing.
1: So, you know, I was predestined to be a pain in the ass from a pretty early age.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> Just a, a real classic, high kind of household thing to happen.
2: Also, if you've not noticed, this is the instrumental <laughs> song.
1: <laughs>
2: Got it. I like it. I've always really liked this song. I think it's. Uh, I think they view it as a throwaway because it should have had lyrics and they couldn't figure it out. Uh, <laughs> but I always thought it was such a sick move. <laughs> That's
1: funny. It's also. It's also funny though that the song is so short that they just couldn't come up with words for one more
2: song.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> I really like the ending of that song. It reminded me of the Adventures of Pete and Pete. Oh. <laughs>
2: all right that's
0: a good reference i could see
2: that david what's your favorite song of this album <sighs> let me see part of like it sounds really uh cliche haha but either cliche guevara <laughs> or think Florida to sink i think are like yeah. just classic against me songs I think it's
1: cliche I mean this album came out 16 years ago those songs are popular for
2: a reason like, y- yeah I mean that's a big part of it <laughs> but I mean like even before they, I saw them like touring on this record I was like man these songs are like the fucking yeah. hits but I mean I, I kind of like every song on this record to a degree yeah. um, and because they all just do such different things like there's not really yeah. two where I'm like oh those two sound alike
1: right
0: yeah i was just thinking this is almost like a mid-80s water boys type of thing
2: yeah yeah i mean it's just it's really eclectic and i think that's why when i was a kid this record took a minute where i was like I i was drawn to some songs initially didn't like some others but i think it just opened me up a lot um yeah like being a kid who was much more into like you know traditional punk and hardcore stuff like having these really like like this one this really bold acoustic song mm-hmm. and like instrumental songs made me be like oh like you can do punk in a lot of different ways and i think it was kind of like a really like eye-opening record for me as dumb as that sounds
1: <laughs> i mean i don't think it's dumb i think that's just also being a punk kid listening to music like that's really <laughs> oh, true. like <laughs> that's the whole thing um, I feel like
0: it's cheating for me to say that last one might be my favorite so far but I like I that one a lot I really
1: like that last one.
0: it's a great song I think it's kind of underrated
2: um, I forgot what
1: it was you said about this one previously
0: this is
2: so this is what I think he will not enjoy
0: because it does
2: it's why I love this song but it does this really intense ramp up about
0: that's about to happen And gets Mm. so fast and wild. (laughs) This part almost has like a country music-y vibe. The boom, boom, within the bass line. This is the Eternal Cowboy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, Heather. Yes? Is this rap? No, it's not rap. Sorry to tell you. Yeah, it's not aggressively offensive to me, but it's not my favorite part of the album so far. Fair enough. But yeah, I mean... You go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I bet this would be impressive to see live all the quick words.
2: No, I mean, that's kind of the thing is like, I I was like, whoa, I've never heard a band that like deliberately just starts playing so fast and then like really pulls it back down to the chorus. I was just like, oh, this is like such a fucking weird song. Um, And I'm sure like, I'm pretty sure they hate it for that reason. (laughs) Uh, Also, the subject matter of the song is probably not something to get uh, into on air. Um but uh yeah, th- this song also has like a lot of weird uh, it got them a lot of flack for a lot of reasons. Sure
1: um this is turn those clapping hands into angry bald fists huh <laughs> I
0: I would want to save that for the encore that instruction at least
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Is this the shortest record you guys have done.
1: Um Only? Maybe um, Cause I think
2: what There's only one more song after this or two? Wow
1: I mean it, I'm, I'm looking at our Former episodes It's gotta be up there with Jordan. Maybe Cause yeah there's
2: only one more song after this
1: I'm just trying to see how long Um uh, Enema this date is <laughs>
2: Oh, definitely longer than this. Okay.
1: Have,
2: have you guys done every Blink-182 record? Because I feel like that would yeah. happen naturally from people's choices.
1: It's pretty close. Uh, Actually, no. It's, it hasn't happened yet. No one has done Dude Ranch. Actually, basically, no one has done anything pre-Editor
2: this game. See, I could have done Dude Ranch because that was my first Blink record.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and no one has done... Um, wait, it's not called They don't call it self-titled What do they call it? They call it Untitled self-titled. Untitled, thank you But uh, so we're saving that for a future guest <laughs> Fair,
2: fair
0: It looks like All Killer No Filler Might be our shortest album
1: How long will that work? Hmm. Uh, I
0: don't have that I, I'm just I like looking at the episode lengths
1: Oh, that's a good <laughs> That's a good way to do it. Oh, that was 32 minutes. So yes, this is the shortest full length we've
2: done. <laughs>
0: you are welcome.
2: <laughs> I'm I'm a
0: little torn because like there are songs on this album that I could hear more of that kind of song, and
1: and there are other um there are other much longer albums we've done that I think you truly suffered through.
0: That is correct
2: well that's the thing is when heather asked me what i wanted to do i was trying to like pick stuff that was like what was stuff i was listening to in high school like quite genuinely and uh this was one of um you know alkaline trio which i've a band i've talked about to death but (laughs) i I wanted to pick stuff that was contemporary because at the same period i was like reading every book i could about like the foundations of punk and hardcore and stuff so i was into like a lot of 80s american hardcore and crust from the uk
0: and i was like "Mm, that feels like not a thing to pick for this (laughs) did you grow up in an area that had like a oh you mentioned mail order a lot like is that how you were getting most of your music
2: um so there were a couple ways there was a so i grew up like basically right on the border between chicago and northwest indiana and there was a, the southernmost neighborhood in Chicago is called Hegwish. And there was a record store there called Hegwish Records, which was like iconic. So that's where mm-hmm. I grew up buying a lot of stuff that like I would go with like my mom and my uncle with like my like weekly allowance and just like pick out two or three records and buy them. And that's kind of how I got into vinyl because my uncle, who like lived with my grandparents, had like a record player and that's how he listened to music. So I was after, I was at my grandparents every day after school. So like I, Which was just listening to records, Um, and so like I—that's how I kind of expanded so much. And then you know, basically like not long after that, I would like do trips up to the city, like take the train up from Indiana, and then like the Blue Line and Red Line, and like go to record stores in Chicago. But then I was also like still mail ordering, so like basically any money I had when I was a kid just like went into buying music.
1: I mean, that crap too was an adult (laughs) anyways.
2: I mean, one there's, like, literally uh, memories I have of, like, my mom giving me, like, money for, like, school lunch, and I would just save it and, like, not eat lunch so I could, like, buy more <laughs> records. Oh, God. <gasps> also, the idea of you listening to
1: these albums at your friend's house is
0: very funny to me. Yeah, I, I, I was going to ask that about that. would
1: have been taken to church immediately?
2: Well, my... Uh, Luckily, you know, I had an old steelworker grandfather who was mostly deaf, so he couldn't hear anything. <clears throat> and then the grand- my grandma also couldn't hear anything. So unless I was blasting this, there was no <laughs> way they were hearing it because literally, our, all every conversation I had with them was screamed.
1: Yeah. okay, fair <laughs> enough. No, I just was. I mean, my whole family uh, definitely the I would say the black sheep of my family. So. Uh, Fair enough. They thought I was going to hell for sure. My dad's (laughs) side of the
2: family thought that, but my mom's side was very supportive because they,
0: those two sides of the family, hated each other. So that was cool. (laughs) You just had the perfect storm to take control over that phonograph. It really did.
1: Uh, Ramsey, this is the last song.
0: This just sounds like Belle and Sebastian to me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I can very much see that.
1: <laughs> I, actually, I can too. I feel like it's the only time you're going to be able to huh. sit on this podcast, though. <laughs> it Unless we're doing a balance
2: Sebastian.
0: <laughs> oh, Cavalier Eternal.
2: <laughs> you were not
0: wrong. A little bit of Spoon.
1: Gonna make oh boy! You're naming too many Tonight... indie bands for me. No, I mean
2: it. <laughs> yeah, this was the song that I think like all the punks I knew hated, but it's definitely like if I, again, like I think there's a lot of inroads. Like if you're into indie stuff, like this is that's a pathway. Yeah.
0: Yeah. When you said eclectic, I thought it was going to be eclectic for the show where like sometimes there's a keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> but this has been very
2: eclectic <laughs> I, I do not lie <laughs>
1: there's a keyboard anyway, sometimes, there's a state, keyboard, though. <laughs> sometimes.
2: <laughs> not often heather not often. Not that should be just how you describe your music taste sometimes there's a keyboard <laughs> <laughs>
1: just but only occasionally
2: sometimes they're sad with a keyboard
1: yeah yeah, yeah i don't think i've ever heard this song before for the record really no i don't think i have so clearly not sat down and listened to this album maybe ever but definitely not in a very long time if i have
2: fair enough what do you think of this record heather
1: i like it (laughs) Um, (laughs) good i honestly i think like i mean i've seen against me many times every time i've seen them i've loved it and i like basically am familiar with every album starting at new wave and i think i've just never gone backwards um to the point uh that you were making earlier there's just so much in their catalog that i think uh it's intimidating to try to tackle all of their music that's fair um but yeah um, that's the album we're
2: done
0: that's the whole thing wow that was quick. What did what? you think? Uh, I liked it. Uh, there were a couple tracks that, as as you were anticipating, didn't hit me as hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, there were there was a lot of really you like interesting. I, I, I don't want to say interesting because oftentimes that is a negative thing. But, but I need it as a positive. Yes. Uh, I really liked it and it definitely stretched the sound that I would put in this genre in terms of like what I would qualify as punk. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's and, kind of why, way. yeah. I yeah. mean, it's kind of why I like it. And I think if you did enjoy this record, I would say, listen to the one after it, searching for a former clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, because that, again, it's, that one's a little longer. It's like 14 songs. The songs are a little longer. There's some stuff that's pretty dated on it. Like the first song Miami is literally about, uh, like hanging chads uh if uh, you remember yes. that reference uh um, there's a song that the the cor- the hook is oh condoleezza about condoleezza rice um, nice but the back half of that record i think is fucking incredible and has a lot more like acoustic like uh a lot more i think of like the 80s college rock vibe on it that i think is pretty cool
1: well and that feels like something you would like say.
0: yeah And the last
2: song on there is like one of my favorite songs is the title track. And it's kind of famously, not the first, but the most overt time that Laura sings about like gender dysphoria long before Mm it kind of became
0: a thing. People knew.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: The, uh, the album that you mentioned, um, uh, uh, was it transgender dysphoria blues? mm -hmm. Was that it? Yep. Um, That you said kind of, thank you <laughs> that kind of broke the I band
1: remember the name of the song we're listening to <laughs> it was, it was, it, was
0: uh, it was the blues i was actually concerned i misremembered <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um is that a very different sound as well totally or like, just-
2: like that that's one if you I, again i think you would like it there there's some like harder songs on it but a lot of it is just like really well done pop I rock if album. i'm being
1: honest yeah. i love that album so much
2: and, like, the the great songs on there, like, uh, there's, like, True Trans Soul Rebel and a song called okay. Fuck My Life 666, <laughs> um, which is not as intense as they played that song on Letterman of all songs.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, wow.
2: But, like, it's it's just really, like, crowd pleasing. Like, it's just, like, good rock music. Yeah, it is.
1: I, I really do love that one.
0: Um, I, I'm definitely intrigued by this band and would right. like to hear more from them. I have succeeded. You
1: did it. You did it. <laughs> uh, you did better than I did most of the time. Uh, <laughs> well, I think that's the whole episode then. Thanks for wow. doing this,
2: David. Of you course. Thank it. you for having me. Love to talk about music with friends.
0: <laughs> Yay. Turns out I'm four <laughs> against me. <laughs> oh, no. Uh,
1: not, not friends
0: with you. Sure. <laughs> um, oh, we, he just unfollowed me on Twitter. Yeah. Boop. It, uh, <laughs> That's how the internet
1: works. Um, cool david where can people find you on the internet if they want to
2: hopefully nowhere
1: yeah you're like huh. you're like i'll delete myself
2: yeah i would <laughs> rather i've had i've had a lot of uh, internet drama on this week so i don't yeah. want more people finding me
1: what drama I mean, all right you can tell me about that offline
2: <laughs>
0: i mean we can talk about it online or we can talk about it offline i don't really care that much but i can cut this if you want but i was uh shock seems too strong but surprised to see your email address in your twitter profile
2: (laughs) yeah i mean here's the thing um i don't really care about like people like (laughs) the the line i've always used is is like there you know i don't like give a shit what my mom thinks about me i don't care what some fucking rando on the internet thinks (laughs) uh and i love my mom dearly but like you know i've written stuff that's had like you know and still comes up but like nazis threatening me at shows like yeah and like i got into like fights with nazis when i was a kid because like the scene i came up in was pretty violent and there were a lot of skinheads so like unless you're actually gonna like come try to fight me i don't really care what some fucking brooklyn hipster has to say Uh, (laughs) um but uh i i uh I kind of exposed some hardcore dudes the, the fact that he is a member of the Standard Oil family and oh. I got it got, because oh. he was making some uh, statements online about like oh all these rich kids going to their uh, parents homes oh, in the suburbs yeah. should not come back to New York and I was like ah, I guess I'm going to do a little research and put your shit on blast <laughs> my guy uh, and that got some reactions oh mm. wow you do um, love to see.
1: Honestly, but, you know, who the fucking
2: cares? He's not gonna like come find me. That's beautiful. A fucking banjo for Christ's sake! <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. about standard oil yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people did.
1: <laughs> no, David brought it all back up this week. That's perfect. Um,
0: uh, Heather, where can we find you on the internet?
1: Uh, you can find me at Heather Shea. I'm much less controversial than David. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the better, better life. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> how about you uh
0: you can find me at ramsey ess and i complained about opening a box on twitter this week hell yeah, oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> just getting hot takes out there left oh yeah right. um cool you can follow our podcast at if you are listening is that right that's right you got it uh and everything else is on our website if you're listening.com
0: that's it be there great bye Bye. Bye.